So nothing at all was in English. Nothing. Like not one thing. So we go to the ceremony, nothing in English. We go to the reception, nothing in English. When I tell you this was the best party that we've been to probably ever in our lives, and it wasn't familiar at all, that's what inspired today's episode. Yeah. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindfulness. all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I am Janelle Copeland. And I am uh, EC. Oh, I forgot my middle name, Jay. I hate when you do that. Honestly, what? just like, let's try it again and just say, it's Eddie Copeland. All right, let's do it the boring hey way. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Eddie Copeland. Well, if you say it like that, you adore. <laughs> That's what you want me to do. You Literally, want me, if you guys you go want back me to and conform listen, to your way of doing if it. If you go back and listen to every single intro <laughs> for the Push Podcast, it's like this man forgets what his name is every single time. No, I... You're lucky I like you. <laughs> just I like to... your names. <laughs> That's a what in the world. What? Marrying someone and having to take over a name that's very unfavorable, unflattering. Mm. Okay, well, give me an example. What's an unflattering um, I name? mean, I can't say it, but I have a friend that got married and she hates her husband's last name. Mm. And it was super important that she took over his last right. name. And so she did comply and she hates her last name. And she had a really solid last name. What was her last name? I cannot <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> but I'm happy to be a Copeland. And so thank you for not giving me some ridiculous last name. I'm not even going to name a ridiculous last name because another. You will, you will offend someone. I know. Another what in the world is I say those things that everybody wants to say. And sometimes it gets me in trouble. I'll give you guys an example. We were at a family reunion a couple of years ago. And we were all in the pool and family we haven't seen in so long. Right. And one of my cousins was there. I forget what cousin it was. And she was she's older. She may be in her 50s. Mm -hmm. We were in our 30s at the time. And and so um, we start talking about tattoos because right. we all have them, everyone in the pool. And we all agreed collectively that you should wait until you're more mature so you can make a good decision on what's going to be on your body for the rest of your life. I said, yeah, because if you don't wait, you wind up with something really stupid like the Tasmanian devil. And she goes, oh, my God, I have the Tasmanian <laughs> devil tattooed on my ankle. Oh and I was God. like, oh, man. OK, I'm sorry. And she goes, but it's true. And so luckily, you know, but that has happened to me on more than one occasion. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And then right. blah, blah, blah. And someone's like, oh, actually, I did do that. Well, I think so I'm you, not gonna you, throw out a last you name. have the courage to go out on a limb and provide your opinion on things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times that can that can backfire because yeah. it's like your opinion on something is counter to what someone else is thinking or have done. And so that's what happens. And so I'll tell you what I will never do. The, the one of the most embarrassing goes. moments of my life. Uh huh. 
Oh, um, it's when you think I, someone's pregnant? Yep. <laughs> I absolutely hadn't seen this woman in a really long time, someone that I worked with, and she walks up to me, and I go, oh, my God, you're expecting. How far along are you? That's like the cardinal rule you don't do, but I was in my 20s, right? and I was 100% certain, you guys, that she was pregnant. And I won't name her name either because <laughs> she's probably scarred from when I said it. And yeah. she goes, I'm not pregnant. I just got fat. And I swear to you, she was not fat. Her stomach was just really like protruding. And I knew you know, I was certain because I would never say that unless I was certain. You know, And from that moment on, even though I thought I was certain with me being wrong, I will never, ever say congratulations, even if you look like you're nine months pregnant. Just <laughs> It's something I just have never done since then. So if I see you and it's been a long time since I saw you and you're really elated about being pregnant and you're due like next week, do not expect me to tell you congratulations um, on your baby because I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, Not I, because I don't want to congratulate you, but because that memory has scorned me and I will never say it again. Yeah, I don't find myself in those kind of situations. I, I think I'm really, I'm pretty calculated when I, when I, when no, you don't ask I'm, questions. No, it's you not don't. about questions. You never I, ask I questions. I just exercise diplomacy quite a bit. No, you never ask questions. Like we were talking no, if, last if, night. If you, if the whole Tasmanian devil thing was not about questions. That was that was you like assuming that no one had a Tasmanian devil tattoo. That was an assumption. That was an assumption. I assumed the girl was pregnant. <laughs> and part of your speed around the things that you do is that you need to have some assumptions. And it's part of the reasons why I'm a little slower because I don't usually exercise. You're very way. slow. <laughs> There's another what in the world I have. I'm just going to tell you. You are really slow. Like you, Can you cannot really, you have multitask. To, you have to. Okay, you you're gotta, so you gotta, slow. You have to I wish our this, daughters think, were oh, here right slow? now. I'm you not, are slow. No. I wish our daughters were here to co-sign everything that I'm saying right now because we all know that you literally cannot do anything while driving. I will be on the phone with Eddie, you guys, and he's like, "Oh, wait, oh, hold on, someone's trying to get in my lane." <laughs> <laughs> Not true. While you're driving, and I'm true. like, you're literally on speakerphone. I'm not asking you no. to text anything. You have to put me on hold because someone's getting over in your lane. That's not true. Hold on, I gotta put on my blinker. Like <laughs> you are so slow. No, so my what in the world is a counter to that. My little brother, I was talking to him on the phone. Right? Marquis Poston, and that's he, his name. He was doing like Instacart. And so he was he had his little his son with him, mm -hmm. who is, you know. A baby, pretty much. Adonis is two. It's Adonis is two. And I'm having a long conversation. We have been on the phone for 45 minutes. So he's like talking and he's just going on and on and on. And I'm listening to him because, you know, it's a good conversation. And so I'm like, what are you doing right now? He goes, oh, I'm Instacart. Oh, okay. You're doing Instacart he's right now. He's shopping in the grocery store he's doing shopping, Instacart. Yeah, he's shopping in the, in the grocery store doing Instacart while holding Adonis, while pushing a cart, while talking to me. And then eventually he starts to check out. And he goes, man, Don's is asleep this whole time. I'm like, oh, he in the cart? No, I'm holding him. You're holding him. How are you seeing the, <laughs> the list for the people, like the grocery list? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, how is he doing that? 
Like if I go into the grocery store and I listen to a, a song on my headphones while I'm shopping, I'll forget like half the things I'm supposed to be Again, <laughs> you cannot multitask. You cannot do more than one thing at a but time. I, I was literally bothered by that. I think I got off the phone with him and I was like, I wonder how he did that. I wish I had a camera so I could see how he was navigating all this. And some once. people's brains just operate like that. My brain definitely works like that. So the girls, you're telling us this story and me and the girls, you guys are dying laughing because we are all envisioning. Eddie not being able to do two of the things that Marcus is juggling, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you you're very slow. How no, do we wind I'm, up here? I'm very. I, I will say this: a byproduct. I'm very focused. I can focus on one thing for a very long I'm time. I'm not saying <laughs> that there's something wrong with you. I am saying you are slow when it comes to multitasking. You're not the guy. But every mom in the world that's listening to this podcast right now is like, yeah, I grocery shop all the time while holding a child and talking on the phone. Not a big deal. You yeah. throw in some AirPods. That's exceptional. Like. Literally, this is what I'm saying, you guys. The bar is set so low for Eddie that he thinks that a conversation while grocery shopping is exceptional. No, it, it was. It, <laughs> I don't. How many hands does this man have? Like you, you're holding you a baby. You only need one to you're hold a baby. A one to push a cart. AirPods make the whole conversation hands free. Okay, it, you got your phone in the little but then container. He has to like scroll. And you like, don't really. I mean, it's I in the know. cart. There's a little section in the cart that's built in. You put your phone right there. It stands up. All you got to do is have it right there. And he's going on and on about his girlfriend, yeah. about the baby, about their living situation, about the car, about all this stuff. And then Eddie was like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> and he's like, I'm doing these three things. And Eddie thinks it's exceptional. Yeah, it was impressive. And it's like a, it was like a, if I would have watched that, it would have been like watching the circus. Again, you know, you see the circus, you go, oh my God, how do they do that? That's again, the I bar was. is set very low for right. my husband. But moving on, today we're going to be talking to you guys about the, I don't even, how do we say this? Your comfort zone is robbing you of your joy. Yeah. And I think a good way to put this is that, you know, this quest for happiness, this, you know, I think the majority of people would say, you know, being happy is a goal, right? Mm -hmm. They want to achieve it. And we had some encounters and some experiences recently where I think that most people, depending on who you are, a lot of people will find themselves being very reserved mm -hmm. in these situations and missing out on some joy. Because I believe, and we talked about this, we both agree that happiness and growth in similar fashions require you to go outside your comfort zone to really experience them full out. Right. So here's why this conversation is important. We recently hosted, I recently hosted our, I don't even know how many it's been, but the in real life retreat. It's for business owners, um, mostly women, all women. <laughs> it's for female business owners to come together. We rent this multi-million dollar beach house in sunny Southern California. And we spend four days together getting to know each other, doing brainstorming activities, talking about business, talking about life, talking about things that are holding you back, and just pouring into each other so that you can come feel rested, rejuvenated, refreshed, and excited because now you're just pulling on all this inspiration and all these ideas that you're ready to hit the ground running when you get back home, right? right. So we just spent um, four days with 21 amazing women and I just can't tell you, they get better and better every single time. So if you've ever been to an in real life retreat, you know the magic of this. But 
Here's why this comes to mind for this conversation. I have to literally get on a phone call with almost every person before they're willing to say, okay, I'll come, and here's why. They've got every excuse under the sun. Well, I think I snore, you know, I'm not really a good partner when it comes to like, you know, being in a house with other people that I don't know. Okay, no problem, we do earplugs, not a big deal. Uh, I don't really know, like, I don't know how to swim, okay? We're not going to throw you in the ocean. You'll be okay. Right. Uh, I don't really like the sand. That was one this past time. Well, okay. Very interesting. That is interesting. You don't have to touch the sand, but if you're not around sand, you should come and touch the sand, right? Right. And I can go on and on about all these things. Well, I don't normally leave my husband alone with the kids. That one pisses me off, I got to tell you. Because every <laughs> single person that comes to the retreat that says, you know, oh, I got to call, check on my kids. I'm like, you do know that it's not the same if if it were switched, right? Like your husband is not telling his friends, I don't know about leaving my kids at home with their mom alone. Like, I got to call and check and make sure that he, you know, I got to make sure that my wife is taking them to school at the right time. And oh my God, is she going to give them the right thing for breakfast? You do know that your husband is not concerned with leaving his children in the care of you because the well-being of the children is not something he's questioning. So my challenge to you, if you are a woman, a mother listening If you say these things about your husband, you have single-handedly made him irresponsible when it comes to keeping your children alive. (laughs) You're enabling this behavior. Well, maybe they have a tough time doing multiple things, and maybe they have more. As did you. (laughs) No, but I. But they are also your children, right? And I I cannot. You you never had to check on me. I I was. The kids were well. I did. I did check on you, but the point is, is I knew that if I'm going to go out of town. It's your responsibility. You made half these kids so you can keep them alive for three days, four days while yeah, I'm gone. Yeah. And I'm fully capable of doing that. Right. My, but, but I okay. cannot tell you how the, many women say to, that. But I think you have to get to the kind of bottom line of why they have all these reasons. Well, I mean, you get to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that like we have and you, we hear this so often. So please listen to this closely. This may be you and that is OK because it's a new day tomorrow. But we hear this so often that people are so wrapped up into the story of who they are that anytime something is outside of that defined, like that, that identity that right. they define themselves, they're like, oh, no, I just, you know, I, I, I can't do that. I, I'm just not the type of person that likes to, you know, uh, be in that type of situation. Yeah. So and, introverts right, always introverts, have a problem right. coming to IRL because they say like, I'm not really good in social settings. You know, it takes me a while to warm up to people. I get that. I'm necessarily not an introvert myself, but I'm promising you that I will facilitate good, meaningful conversations to where you will feel welcome and you will not feel awkward at all. And can I just say to the introverts or or the extroverts, primarily introverts, that is not how it's really defined, whether you say, I don't like to be in social settings. Right. Introversion is is really about the amount of energy that you feel that that has been exhausted from you because of social interactions. Mm-hmm. After a social interaction, you feel tired. And that's usually what an introvert, when an extrovert is actually energized by social settings and wants to continue them and they actually give them energy. Well, I am but, an introvert then. Right. Because so, after four days of the IRL retreat, I'm so exhausted. Right. It's, again, people look at that and go, oh, that's the box I check. And this gives yeah. me an excuse to stay away from situations that are uncomfortable. 
But I will tell you, I visited the IRL and I saw the faces of those women. And I can tell you that even the folks that were like hesitant at first Mm -hmm. are like, oh, my God, over the moon filled with joy because Mm -hmm. they participated. And it's just another example of when you have to get past that to actually get to a place of joy and happiness. Right. So that's what we're talking about today is what things have you labeled yourself with? What things have you kind of given yourself as like a title or a stipulation? I don't normally do stuff like that because it makes me feel like this or ah, that's not really my preference. So I don't put myself in situations like that because we'd like to propose to you that it's robbing you of joy. Yeah. And I think that well, people may hear that and they go, but there's certain things I, I just don't want to do, right? And I just don't want to, you know, put myself in a situation. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that, yes, there are going to be certain things that say, you say, hey, you know, I don't want to jump out of a plane. It doesn't right. make me a, a person I want to get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, if you're saying, hey, I don't want to jump out of a plane because, you know. What if I die? What if I die? <laughs> those are reasonable reasons why right. you wouldn't do that. But I think that there's also a point in time where you have to say, I'm willing to jump off the plane because it's a life experience that I want to have, but I just don't think that I need to do that to get that life experience. I actually can do something else that's outside of my comfort zone. And so the big thing is, is that the, the avoidance of getting out of the comfort zone is kind of a major thing that we saw. So we w- recently went to a wedding that was amazing. Well, you took it away. Oh, uh, what I did. Cool. Well, oh, okay. We're cool. done with IRL now? No, go, go ahead again. I'm sorry. No, now it's all ruined. No. <laughs> Well, we're talking about the retreat and we're right. talking about how certain people don't want to participate in certain things because, oh, I don't normally do that. Or, oh, you know, I'm not really well-spoken or I'm not really outspoken. So I don't want to play that kind of game. And that all goes away when you come to a retreat right. like IRL, because again, we're trying to facilitate this inclusion and just making sure that everyone feels comfortable. And so The thing that I want to talk about, though, is first doing the thing. So what's the thing that you want to do? Is it, hey, I really want to invest in a course. I really want to invest in going away to a retreat. I really want to go to a chamber of commerce meeting. I really want to, you know, volunteer for my kid's school board. I really want to do these things. But the but is whatever the title is. But I'm not really good at getting out into the community, but I'm not really social, but I don't really know if I have confidence to do this. That's what we're talking about. I hate rejection. I hate rejection. Right. And so now this leads us to the second thing that has happened to us this week. Eddie got us invited to a wedding because it's one of your coworkers, right? Someone that works for you. Shout out to Nasir, mm-hmm. who got married yesterday to a beautiful bride. They invited us to their wedding. And so Nasir is Syrian, mm-hmm. right? And Eddie says, hey, we're going to this wedding. So we get all dressed up. We go to this wedding. And a couple things to point out. Here's another what in the world. Most weddings run behind. Yeah. My brother just got married recently. And that wedding, I think, was about 30 minutes behind. Yeah. I think weddings are designed to be late. Right. (laughs) Okay. So we pull up with seven and a half minutes before, you know, the time. So we're supposed to be there at three. We get there at 2.53, seven minutes to spare. And the bride and groom are outside of the church getting ready to walk in. Never before in history (laughs) have we been to a wedding where not only were they on time, but they were early. They were early. And so Eddie, 
you know, he panics. He says, oh, we can't go in. <laughs> we can't go in. Go. We're late. I'm like, we're not late. Hurry up, park the car. Let's go. And so we laughed and said jokingly, like every black wedding we've ever been to has been way behind, never on time. Do you remember how long we waited for your cousin Brandon's wedding? No. We were sitting there oh, for a right. solid hour and a half. That's right. Hour yeah. and a half before they finally yeah. decided and to I, walk down the aisle. And I have no clue why it was taking so long. No clue. Somebody yeah, was late. Somebody was Your late. Your Aunt Shishi is always late. <laughs> she is. Always late. Anyways. But, so but, so wait, 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 we get there. Seven minutes early. We wind up going in. And immediately when we sit down, one of the uncles turns around and says, hi, welcome. Yeah. How do you know Nasir? You know, we're so happy that you're here. Eddie says, oh, I'm a coworker. And he's like, we just want to thank you so much for being here. Um, Okay, thank you. So, so nice. Awesome. And then the ceremony begins and the entire thing is in Arabic. I love it. It was great. <laughs> we didn't understand one single word. Not one they word. didn't even say I do in English. <laughs> he didn't even say I now pronounce to you Mr. and Mr. Miss, Mrs. and Mr. Well, he did say that in English. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he said that in English, but everything else was in Arabic, right? Everything. And, and, you know, it was one of those things where I think I can speak for you. I was like, this is an amazing experience. I have totally. never been to an Arabic wedding like right. this. And it was interesting because there were like this at the end, there was like this this lady did this this like, <laughs> yeah, really loud. And I was like, whoa, it was, whoa, whoa, what is that? Yeah, right? High pitch. It's like a sound pitch, of joy. It's a sound of joy. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And so I think we both were thinking, okay, this reception is probably going to be the best thing we've ever been to because well, we don't know what to expect. You keep taking all of the steam. So oh. we finish at the ceremony and it was awesome. And then now the question is, do we drive an hour away? And also we have three hours to kill until the reception. Right. By the way, we're down the street from our house. So Eddie's like, well... Do you really want to go? And I go, you know what? That whole thing was in Arabic and we didn't understand a lick of what they were saying. I bet you if we go to this wedding, it's going to be the best wedding of our lives. Yeah. And so we both agreed that we were going to go. We went and grabbed some food and we should not have done that because the amount of food at this reception was crazy. But here's how this ties in. One, would you have not gone to the reception if you went to the wedding and the whole entire service was not in a language that's familiar to you? Mm. When we travel, I notice that people seek familiarity. Mm -hmm. And that's the opposite of why you should travel. Food. And you go out of the, out of the country and people are looking for the food they're used to. They're looking for burgers. You know, burgers. They're looking for things that like resemble what they're used to. Oh, Starbucks. Let's right. go. Instead in of like, <laughs> like we want to stay clear of those things. Like, right. I, I can get that anywhere because you're trying to experience it. And yes, are you going to eat something that you do not like? Right. A hundred percent. But that's part of it. It's right? part of finding something you didn't know that uh, you liked 100%. Or, or halfway around the world. And so that's one of the things I think is so important is that like when I was talking about jumping out of a plane, maybe you should do it so that you can know that I really don't like that. Right. Right. I don't think I'm going to die. So I'm going to give it a shot just to see if it lights me up inside. But at the end of the day, like you've got to try things at least once. And, yeah. I, and obviously I say that very loosely. I don't want you saying, hey, you got to try drugs once. No, I'm, I'm just mm. saying. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. No, I'm just saying like those things are powerful. We one of the things that we instilled in the kids, especially and this may sound small, but I think it made a huge impact on their lives is when we would go to amusement parks and they would see these big roller coasters 
and we would say, hey, you got to get on it at least once. Yeah, you got to try everything at least once. If you hate it, you never have to get on again, but you got to give it a shot at least once. And I just remember standing in line when Jordan was like barely at the height where we could put her on Tatsu, one of the right. most ridiculous roller coasters. And we had to fluff her hair up in order for her to be tall enough. And I can't tell you how many times people stopped us in the line and said, oh, my God, you're getting on. Aren't you scared? And I was like, please back up away from my kid. But finally, by the sixth time someone asked her, she goes, mommy, should I be scared? And I was like, these people don't know what they're talking about. This is going to be so much fun. don't talk to strangers. (laughs) Right. Stranger danger. Don't talk to them. But think about like if you are projecting your fear because you're thinking something's, you know, fearful or discomforting, do you put that onto other people, particularly your kids? Yeah. So if you have like, oh, I hate sand. Oh, I hate spiders. Oh, I'm a germaphobe. Whatever your phobia may be, you're going to give those things to your children. Yeah. And I think it's so limiting because I think yep. we live in this life. We only get once so far that we know. Mm-hmm. Right. And you look at your life. It's really a small moment in time from the grand scheme of things. And you're trying to say, how do I get the most out of this life? And I think that so many people we've interacted with are trying to get the least out of it because they're trying to stay as comfortable and as safe as possible. But they don't know that they're trying to get the least out of it, which is why we're talking about it today. Right. And so like you see this. So we go to this wedding reception, right? Well, let me tell you where we went wrong really quick. Okay. We had three hours to spare. We were starving. So we stopped and wanted to get something light. We got some sushi. We get to the reception. And first of all, the whole family's like, welcome. Thank you so much. Nasir's family is like hugging us, asking how long you've known them. Just so welcoming. They were genuinely happy that we were there. We were not the only guests there. There were probably 200 people there. And they did this to everyone, right? So hugs, toasts, drinks. I mean, like, it was crazy. So then we go sit down and there is food covering the entire table. I mean, the entire table. (laughs) From olives to hummus to all of the good Mediterranean yummy food that you can imagine, Middle Eastern food. But we were full, right? So we're like trying to pick at stuff. And every family member that like passed our table was stopping at every single table saying, do you guys need anything? Is the right alcohol here that you need? Do you need, do you want something sweet? Do you need coffee? Like literally like they were the servers and they were not. They were in sequin ball gowns and tuxedos and stuff. And then talk about the alcohol for a second. Like what was at our table? Yeah, they had full on bars (laughs) at every table. I mean, I'm talking like like, 10 bottles yeah, of the, different alcohol. Yeah, the full, like 10 like, bottles, like not just like little shot glasses. I mean, full black label, Johnny Walker whiskey. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, you're talking about like really showing your guests like, right. hey, I want you to have an amazing time. I, I have never seen anything like it yeah. before. There was also like seltzer water and cranberry juice. But yeah. basically you had a full bar at every you didn't single have to go table. Anywhere. You could have stayed at your table and been perfect. And there might have been 25 tables yeah. in this whole venue. The venue was beautiful. And so just the hospitality, the fact that they were so welcoming And then all of a sudden, it's time to announce the bride and the groom. And these freaking drums start. Yeah. And the drums were just like, I don't even know how to tell you like how loud they were. Everything was vibrating, including your body. And it was just so lively. And so 
Uh, they come in and everyone hits the dance floor and we're like, oh, okay, we're doing this. And so that's the point of this episode is that you may be out of your comfort zone, but you kind of just jump in and that's what we did. Yeah, and what was so powerful was I don't think that I was you know, waiting to hear music that we were familiar with. No. I wanted well, to it just, never came. It never came. <laughs> I just wanted to take in this new experience yep. because I knew that at the end of the day, if I participated in it, then I was going to get the most out of it and I was going to have a good time as long as I had get, like, given up my- Gave uh, up your all. I gave it all, but I also gave up what I thought it should be, what, right. what, what my version of a wedding would mm-hmm. look like. Right. And, and embrace this new thing that was new to our lives. And at the end of the day, it was like, oh, my God, we had so much fun. Yeah. Right. I mean, the music was nonstop. I mean, they had like 15 minutes long songs. Guy was singing live the entire time. Yeah. In Arabic. In Arabic. So nothing at all was in English. Nothing. Nothing. Like not one thing. So we go to the ceremony, nothing in English. We go to the reception, nothing in English. When I tell you this was the best party that we've been to probably ever in our lives and it wasn't familiar at all, that's what inspired today's episode is like, God, how often do people not like just fully live in the moment? Like at one point, Nasir's mom came and got us and literally was like, you are our guest. Get up, come and celebrate. This is how we, you know, have weddings. This is tradition. And then throughout the night, many of the uncles or cousins sat next to us or just at different tables. It's almost like they were like paid hospitality because they were bouncing from table to table, walking around with bottles of alcohol and cheersing with you, pouring it down your throat. Like, I'm not a big drinker, so I tried to steer clear, but it's almost like offensive if you don't partake. They're trying, this is like, let's break bread together. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You're here, you're part of the family. And the music was like, at some point, they came to our table and we all stood up because we were dancing and the drums were there. And all the drummers stood up on all of our chairs and had us kind of bang the drums and just there was dancing everywhere. The couple was standing right. on chairs like in the audience and it was just really amazing. And so we left thinking there was one particular woman that like got sat at our table and you could tell she was out of her element. We all were like right. we are not, you know, Syrian. We are not we don't accustomed speak Arabic, right. to having Arabic celebrations. We don't know their culture. We don't know. We didn't know any of the words to any of the songs. We didn't know any of the speeches. We didn't know any of the chants that they were doing, but we kind of participated in it all versus the woman that was sitting at our table didn't really get up. She was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't know what they're saying. And at one point, one of the cousins like, we don't know what they're saying either, but just get up and let's go. Yeah, And you can tell like, all the anxiety that this woman had like around whether it be insecurity around just letting go and just participating. Yep. And that was the thing I think that was powerful for me is like, as soon as we got up that first time and we got on the dance floor, I mean, in the middle of the dance floor right. with the bride and groom, <laughs> with everyone circling around yep. us, like, at that point in time, you just let go and you say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to participate. Didn't want you to in know. This. But I think it's important you participate in your the your ability to be happy, like your ability to like 
enjoy something new and something exciting. And I will tell you, I wasn't comfortable yeah. until I just said, forget it. Let me let's just have fun <laughs> with it. And I was just moving and like he's showing me like the dance move to do. And I'm just the like, let's, let, let it, let's just have a good time. Let's yeah. let's, you know, let's laugh and let's let's participate in this because it's a beautiful moment. But I, I just we both thought about like, wow, that woman like was the epitome of some of the people we interact with. Yeah. That work so hard to, to hold on to your comfort, right? And you're losing the moment right then and there. Yeah, because right? we were sweating our asses yes. off. <laughs> like we, it was so funny because Eddie said that the songs were like 15 minutes long. First of all, there was a guy singing live right. in Arabic. He never once took a break, <laughs> like not. not one single time. So all this food comes out. There's probably six different courses of food. But every time you think you can go back to your table and like have a break and like maybe eat something, another song starts and the whole place erupts. And so we get roped in again and we're like, what are they going to do with all this food? No one is in their chairs. Right. Nobody's and eating. The dance floor was so big, but I don't know if you realize like the bride and groom were in the center and then it wrapped because you kind of connect and you go in a circle. But it wrapped at one time about five times. <laughs> and so people are just going in a circle. But it's like one big giant snake that's wrapped mm -hmm. around like five times. And it was just a freaking party. Yeah, it was amazing. And we didn't know the dances. Like I said, we didn't know the chants. At some point, like you put your hands on the couple and everybody kind of goes down. Like if you're going to say, whoa, like you're, like you're blessing them. Right. Yeah. And they're chanting this stuff and we're just like, okay, we don't know what we're saying, but <laughs> dive in. And so that's kind of the point of this episode is like, would you have gone to this? Well, one, you went to the wedding. It wasn't in English. Would you have gone to the reception? Because what if you missed out on the most fun moment you've ever had in your life? Right. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I can only think about, people doing this they go to the wedding reception and then they think to themselves oh well this wasn't really convenient this wasn't really for me i didn't understand it yeah and so then they take that and they project that into okay i'm not gonna go to the reception it's probably not for people like me right and they miss out on being a part of something extremely special because they're worried about them. Right. And I don't think that we were worried about ourselves. We I think we were, were worried about to be yeah, invited to celebrate with and, them. And the hospitality yep. and, and being able to say, wow, I went to a, a Syrian Arabic wedding and it was probably the biggest party I've ever been to. I was so uh, angry that you're not Syrian. <laughs> I'm, I f genuinely feel like I got robbed of the most amazing Arabic wedding celebration and I just am mad. Yeah. And so when we first got there, though, the guy that sat next to us, he goes, oh, have you guys ever been to an Arabic wedding? And we were like, never. And he goes, buckle up. You have no idea what you're in for. I was like, oh, man, and I was like, mean? OK, um, but we wanted to participate. And yeah. so that's the point of this. Like, would you want to participate or would you be looking for something that's comfortable? Would you have said, oh, I'm so sorry I left my kid at home. I got to go. Thanks so much. You would have missed out on all of the calories that we burned last night. What did you burn? Like 4,000 calories? Yeah, 4,000 calories. Something ridiculous. Your watch was alerting you that we had like done too much. Yeah. We were soaking wet, like dripping. Like so was everyone else there, right? And so like the cardio was there. The laughter yeah. was there. The fun was there. And nobody cared like, oh, these Americans don't know what we're saying. Like they just wanted to include you. They just wanted you to right. participate. They wanted you to have a good time. And they damn sure showed us a good time. Yeah. And everybody there 
was equally willing to participate, which was funny because Nasir's sister just got married like within the last couple months or something. Mm -hmm. And so people started to tell us, oh, we do this for every party. Like this is just what we do. And I was like, what a fun culture to be a part of. What a fun culture to experience. And so this is why like the Push Podcast is so important. Like we want to show you things that you might be missing out on. We want to show you that you shouldn't only be hanging out with people who look like you, who do the same things that you do, because I just think that it's robbing you of so much joy that you could be experiencing. And I'm just so grateful that we had that opportunity and we dove in. Literally, it felt like a mosh pit a couple of times. And the music was great. And they were super hype. I mean, at one point, you guys, there was beautiful flowers and they're getting so hyped that they're grabbing flowers like roses that they spent thousands of dollars on and they're just throwing them in the air and there's rose petals flying everywhere and then there's alcohol and people are like the grandpa i think is in the center like going from mm-hmm. shot to person to person just like you know and everybody's participating and it was just incredible yeah and i think that one of the things i'll just say that, that i think is so important is that you don't need to have the right language. You don't need to have the customs. You don't need to like know the order of things. You just need to show up and participate. And go and, with the flow. And, and go with an open heart. Yeah. And I'm telling you, as you go into this new year uh, that's approaching, if there's things that you want to experience, if there's a, you know missing moments of joy, you got to ask yourself, is your comfort zone like blocking those things? Is who you think you are stopping you from stepping out and doing something that I think that can change everything in your life. Maybe there's a new relationship that you can build. Maybe there's a new business that you can take on. Maybe there's a new career that you can start. Like all those things, they're all come down to the center thing. If you find that you're in a rut, it's probably because you put yourself in a rut to stay safe. Yep. And I think that we went to this wedding reception and it was not safe in a sense of like we knew everything. <laughs> I mean, literally, I was eating raw meat one day. I, I mean, right. at some point I was like, this is not actually probably safe, but I'm going to do it anyway because yeah. I'm not going to waste this. And, you know, and whether I liked it or not, it was like I'm going to experience this. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to sit here and just kind of keep myself in this little box of saying, OK, I only do these things. Because this is who I am. Yeah, there was and some Arabic liquor that we tried. I don't know who I am. Yeah. After this, and I can tell you, we were both changed from that experience. Yep. And so I think it's so important that people realize, stop thinking you know who you are, because who you are may be different after you experience something new. Yep. So shout out to Nas and his wonderful family and his beautiful new bride. We wish you nothing but amazing years to come. Uh, it's going to be rough at certain points, I can just tell you, <laughs> as you grow your family. But We had an incredible time. Thank you so much. And if you are looking to get outside of your comfort zone in the new year, we want to invite you to join the Pusher Society. It's a monthly membership where we have people from all over the world come on, whether they're trying to achieve new heights in business or their career, whether they're looking to foster better relationships, whether they're looking to work on maybe their partnerships or their marriages or whatever it may be. There are so many different things that we cover every single month. So I'm going to invite you to head over to JanelleCopeland.com and look up the Pusher Society and see if it might be something that you could join to get yourself out of your comfort zone. We're going to be doing different challenges. They could be about wellness. They could be about getting outside of your comfort zone. They could be about facing some rejection. 
lots of different yeah. things. We've got some really great ideas coming up for the year 2022. And if you're listening to this on the day that it was released, then you know that in two days it is Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday of the entire year. If you want some entertainment, go back and look for our previous episode. Well, we've done a Thanksgiving episode before about our traditions and how I don't let anyone cook. And <laughs> uh, I just love Thanksgiving. So we will link that in the show notes. But if this episode served you in any way, please take 30 seconds to just leave a review, leave a comment. Let us know if you have had the opportunity of celebrating or attending or throwing an Arabic wedding. We want you to invite us. Please yeah. invite us. We want to come and celebrate with you and your family. It was so much fun. But let us know if this episode served you and how you will plan on getting out of your comfort zone in the months to come. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through